What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the NerdWide Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my favorite friend, Mr. Chris Rivers, over here to my right. Chris, how have you been? How was the Super Bowl? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I didn't have a rooting interest, really. I didn't either. Um, I would have been, I would have been fine with the Bengals winning because they've never done it. Yeah. But the Rams won, and you know Jalen Ramsey's from Nashville, so I was like, oh, cool, he's gonna get a ring. Yep. Matthew Stafford finally getting one after being with yeah. Detroit for so many years. The organization I could care less about because they beat my Titans right. twenty plus years ago in the Super Bowl. So. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was, as a Steelers fan, the the Bengals losing was just icing on the cake because their fans are terrible. I've said it. So. I, I will say this. The officiating in this game left a lot to be desired. That was, I had no idea what they were doing. Like, the whole three-fourths of the game, nothing. All game long, nothing. And then yeah. right there at the end of the game, just flag central. And I, was, yeah. I, I could not understand any of it. Yeah, people were, uh, I saw a couple of folks point out, which I, I thought it was interesting too. We've never had a team make the Super Bowl when it was played in their home stadium until the last two years. And with the Buccaneers in. Yeah, Brady leaves New England and does it in his first year in Tampa and wins. And then the Rams get it in L.A., a market that the league was really wanting to get back into for a mm-hmm. long time, and they win it all. Something <laughs> rigged. I'm just going to say it's rigged. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed the halftime show, like really enjoyed the halftime show, and then, of course, all of the trailers, one of which we're going to talk about um, here on, during the show, which, of course, is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, because there's a lot to talk about in that one, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what the ratings are on the halftime show. It, it targeted a certain generation, and yeah. uh, and people, I guess. I heard a lot of praise for it. I also heard a lot of folks saying that they would have liked rock and roll to be on the uh, on the halftime show. Yeah, you know they've and had their like, years. They've had their what fifty yeah. plus years. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I, I get it. They're they're wanting to switch it up. You're mm-hmm. in Southern California, and the biggest thing to come out of Southern California in the last thirty plus years was that generation of rap and hip hop. So. Um, it was excellent. If only Tupac would have came back around. <laughs> if he would have, that would have probably cleared that, that, that the place out. Been, yeah, that would have been the time to do it. <laughs> That's a good segue into. Uh, a later discussion about trailers and so forth. Yeah, it's gonna be fun, guys. This is the Dirt Wide Podcast, episode fifty-eight. Quick housekeeping before we get into it: don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting services of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating on whatever podcasting app you're using, including Spotify. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment and let us know how we can improve this show. As always, if you can go to extra mile, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. Give us a couple of dollars there that way for a couple of different tiers if you want to do so. But Chris, I have to know when we get into our TV section here, you've been watching anything fun, anything interesting? Uh, outside of the Super Bowl, not really. I've been trying to get caught up on some of the YouTube channels I sub to. I at one point was 16 days behind. That's a little much. Yeah. <laughs> 
so I'm trying to catch up. Yeah. And I'm in the same boat. Super Bowl was the only thing I really watched this week. We finished up the below deck season, which was great. Bachelor we're caught up on, which is uh, absolutely crazy and probably the most dramatic season yet. And I think that's it as far as TV that I've been watching. I haven't really watched, done a whole lot of anything this week. It's been a little busy. Yeah. I want to talk about something here. Peacemaker Episode 7. Stop dragging my heart around. Of course, full spoilers for this one. I really enjoyed this episode. A lot of plot twists did not see coming. Uh, Yeah. We had two major deaths. Again, did not see coming. And the... trying to think of my favorite... Oh, the... Oh, excuse me. I really enjoyed uh, White Dragon's suit. Minus the helmet. It was very Iron yeah. Man-ish, but it was very high-tech and very um, very cool Iron Man-y looking, if you ask me. Yeah, it, it kind of makes you wonder, though, you know. Uh, of course, Robert Patrick, great actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in character... Plays a great racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually saw an interview that that he did, and and he uh, he said that's one thing that makes it so easy to play a part like this is when it's so far from what you really are, mm-hmm. because you're able to just go for it. Right. It's I guess the closer a character is to you, it's it's more like revealing a part of yourself that you don't want to, you know, you. You would rather perform and not just be wide open to an audience. Right. Um, he, but he put on a performance, all right. The it's, whole funny that this, it's funny that this character of his couldn't get a decent haircut, but he can design all these high-tech things. Right. Makes you think, doesn't it? Especially in, in the mullet days. That that was just yeah. that was terrible. Well, um, and we see, the, we see the what happened with Peacemaker and his brother. Back in the day, they were put in a little fight ring. Yeah. And yeah. Were, he told him to hit him, and then he hits him enough, and he hits his head on a rock, because his older brother does, and the dad gets pissed off at him. Yeah. I'm like, he's just doing what you told him to do. I mean... You're you're the one that put your kids in a fight club. Yeah, I don't, don't understand why you're so upset. Oh, man. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the suit... It did look a little goofy with with the the mask yeah. the, that that he wore, uh, but the the abilities and everything that he had were were cool. They looked really cool, like when he uses little um, arm blasters or whatever you want to call them. Uh-huh. That looked yeah. really cool with the special effects of the yellow and gold and everything on it. I was really enjoying uh-huh. that. Um, this episode, Mern gets killed, and Mern's butterfly gets killed as well. We also found out that. The butterflies keep the memories of their host. They just slowly right. over time get the memories. And I was not expecting Mern to die at all. Mm-hmm. And especially not expecting his butterfly to die. Yeah. Because he got shot, the butterfly comes out, and then the, the, he gets just absolutely crushed. When, so. he, when, he got, when he got shot, I thought, oh, they're going to do the deal where the butterfly... Um, someone on the team sacrifices themselves mm-hmm. to take the butterfly so that they can continue on with the mission. But they didn't do it that way. No, they so they made Harcourt the 
quote-unquote leader of this little ragtag group and all the secrets are out we know that adabalia did the uh Adibayo, excuse me did the the journal Diary. we found out that she's the daughter of amanda waller and we had a lot of reveals this episode and then I mean, with the ending of it with um chris killing his dad mm-hmm. or peacemaker whatever you want to call him killing his dad at the end was I was like, okay, I don't. I cared more about that story than I do about this whole cow aspect. I feel it like, to me at least. And they wrapped it up, and I'm like, okay, so now we're gonna wrap up the the cow thing and go from there. So. We've only got what one episode yeah, next left, week. so so it's it's gonna be interesting. And and they're still there's they still look like they're working towards the uh, Harcourt Peacemaker mm-hmm. relationship. Tandem. Um, I thought they were gonna kill Vigilante. Oh yeah, because he because almost died. <laughs> he took damage. Yeah, <laughs> big time. Um, and I don't know. He may still. Who knows? He, he may still die. I like his character a whole lot still, and mm-hmm. he's he's definitely more badass than uh, Peacemaker is at this point. Because yeah. his fight scenes in this episode were really cool and really well done. We see, uh, what's his name? Uh, God, a beard face. Fake beard face. Um, die beard. Economos, die, Economos die beard. Uh, see him mow down a lot of racists. And that was very yeah. fun to watch. I was, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, there we go. Thank you. That's what we, that's what I deserve. Um, Eagly gets hurt. I was, re- I was like, no, 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 no. You're not killing Eagly off. Because I thought he was about to die. Yeah, but no, we we're good. Uh, and uh, oh gosh, I'm I'm, for, I'm forgetting his name. The uh, martial arts. Uh, uh, judo master. Judo master. He keeps stepping up. I know. <laughs> the, the clerk like, in the, the at the little gas station, a little convenience yeah. store was so funny. <laughs> yeah. But he, I wonder how much money they got. From uh, Cheetos or Lay's or whoever it right. is that makes they, Cheetos. They had to pay them or sponsor yeah, them lot. or something. Because every single Judo Master is eating those chips or Cheetos. And it's just so yeah. funny. He's going to, oh, I keep forgetting. He's going to come into play next episode, too, at the, the cow. Because he's going to want revenge. Yeah. yeah. And what about the cow? That was disgusting. That is a disgusting. creepy looking cow. <laughs> Is it the same cave system that they were in at the what second or third episode with the senator? Probably. It, it looks like the same cave system. I'm like, well, there was a whole cow y'all didn't see that whole time, but it's so yeah. gross. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a wild episode. I, all I can't these wait. eyeballs. Yeah. All Just juicy looking, pussy looking. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Next week is episode eight and the finale of Peacemaker season one. And uh, I'm excited. I don't know where the show's going to go, but I would like a season two of this. I really like mm-hmm. our cast and crew we have here. I really enjoy what we're watching. Didn't we get confirmation, because I'm old and I forget these things, that they are going to explore someone else on the team? Yes. Uh, I don't know about on the team. Uh, from was... Well, from, from Suicide Squad. Yeah, from Suicide Squad they are. They're yeah. in the talks right now, and they'd be dumb not to, honestly. Yeah, I'm still ho- I'm still kind of hoping for um, TDK. 
Nathan, oh, Nathan Fillion's yeah. character. I would just because really... I enjoy his stuff he does. Yeah, we like him around here. Uh, Superman and Lois still no episode. We still have another week this week until it comes back on. So we'll get there. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Notable news this week: uh, Obi Wan Kenobi gets an official release date of May twenty fifth on Disney Plus. Really excited about that one. We're going to see a lot of fun things from it. And then new story-wise, Reacher renewed for season two at Amazon. Going to Deadline.com by Peter White for this one. Jack Reacher is returning. Amazon has renewed Alan Richardson's fronted action drama series Reacher for a second season already, Chris. this I mean, they just came out uh, last week so or two weeks ago. The fast turnaround renewal comes three days after the streamer launched the Lee Child adaptation. Okay, three days after. Excuse me. Um, Amazon said that Reacher ranked in its top five most watched series ever in the U.S. and globally over a 24-hour period, though it's worth noting that all eight episodes of the series launched at once. The company added that it was also amongst its highest-rated original series with subscribers giving an average 4.7 out of five stars. I have... uh, Alan Richardson did an AMA on um, Reddit this past week, and he was saying, like, of all the praise, he's a big Jack Reacher fan anyways. He said he's yeah. read all the books. He's really excited f- to bring more of that story in there. I mean, this dude put on, I think it was an extra 20 pounds of muscle for this role. Yeah. And he was already a big dude. Yeah. And yeah. He, he said it's just so much fun playing it because it's so book accurate. And a lot of people are reviewing it and saying that it is the most book accurate TV show that's been made in a long time. So, mm-hmm. And I'm like... I am all for book accurate film. So yeah. I need to check. I still need to watch it because I really like him. And they also on that AMA, Chris asked if Hawk would be returning. And he says, I haven't heard anything yet. He says, but I am open to it. So, which is go. what everyone always says about anything. You, you'd have to have someone who could put the pieces back together. Yeah. Because, uh, I don't even know if there's any pieces to put back together at this point. (laughs) Number two, Futurama has been revived for a 20-episode run on Hulu. I'm going to a Hollywood Reporter by Leslie Goldberg. Nearly 10 years after it signed off, Futurama has been revived for a 20-episode run on Hulu, the third platform for the animated comedy from creators Matt Groening and David X. Cohen. The series that aired its first five seasons on Fox before being revived for three more at Comedy Central will return to production this month for a 2023 premiere. Following an extended deal-making period, original stars Billy West, Katie Seagal, along with the ensemble players who voiced multiple characters, Tress McNeil, Maurice LaMarche, Lauren Tom, Phil Lamar, and David Herman will all return. Here's the kicker. John DiMaggio, who provided the voice behind the wisecracking robot with the shiny metal ass bender, is finalizing a deal to return as well, although it has not yet closed. So from what I have heard, though, is that he was not returning as bender. And he took on Twitter. Everyone on Twitter was boycotting the show because they were like, how do you have, you know, there's a trio of main characters. And how do you not have one of them have the same voice? Right. Like they were going to have someone else play bender. And it, was it just a publicity stunt to, to get people talking about it? Maybe. Um, will they ever premiere that show without him? No. Uh, realistically, no. So we'll see what happens, though. Something yeah. to keep your eye on. No one cares, though, that, <clears throat> uh, that uh, Chris Pratt is going to do Mario without the accent. Yeah. He's going to do his own like, take. Yeah, no, one, no one's yeah. talking about it, though, right? 
<laughs> releases this week. Friday, February 18th, Space Force Season 2 comes to Netflix. And Sunday, February 20th, The Walking Dead's last season and last run re-kicks back off. I think they did half the season, and the last yeah. half comes back on Sunday. Again, one of those shows uh, I feel like everybody has fallen off of. And yeah. So I'm curious to see where that goes. <laughs> that, that'll be one of those that people will, uh, that have already dropped off, they'll binge watch it at some point, and that's when they'll see these last couple seasons. Yeah. When it comes They're, to Netflix, uh, yeah. All right, on to uh, on to film, and have you watched anything outside of our normal release? Uh, nothing this week. I wanted to watch some things, just never really got around to it. But yeah, no, just our movie. Yeah, with work like it was, I I couldn't. I've got five days off coming up. So are you off this? Are you off this week? I go, I go back to work tonight, okay. and tomorrow night, and then I'm off from Wednesday to Sunday. Oh, awesome! I'm off the so, all of next week. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm excited. So I'll get caught up on some stuff then. So our movie this week was uh, the Netflix action film i guess you'd say it's action it's got some action to it mm -hmm. army of thieves this is the prequel to army of the dead um it's really only a prequel though for one character i'm wondering i haven't heard anything about this but i'm wondering if they'll do prequels for other characters from the film i'd be okay with it um so this follows Dieter, who's the safecracker. Uh, we learn his real name is Sebastian something that yeah, nobody very can <laughs> uh, And um, he gets recruited for this job to, to basically try and crack all the safes from Hans Wagner. Um, now, I sort of took, took issue with the way he was recruited. So we find out that he's making YouTube videos about safe cracking or safe cracking history. Mm -hmm. And uh, Gwendolyn, who is his his recruiter, basically, and she she's really the leader of the team, Yeah. regardless of what Brad thinks. Brad's like the, the action movie guy, right? <laughs> he's thinks he's a hero. Uh, and thinks he's the leader of the team. She recruits him by just leaving a, a comment on one of his videos for everybody to see. Right. For anybody I mean, that could see it. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it's from an account she made just for the sake of leaving that comment, but still. Yeah, it's the, right out The name was Locksmith. XXX yeah. Locksmith XXX. Yeah. <laughs> And then it, it was basically, how would you like to put your skills to use? Right. And where to meet her? And what password do you use to get into this building? Right. It's like, what? Yeah. Anybody can use it. <laughs> yeah. Just show up. We don't care. Um, so I kind of took issue with that. So Brad is on the team. He's sort of, he's basically the muscle, yeah. if you will. Uh, Gwendolyn is um she's really the brains in in 
in the sense of being in the field. Uh, she's a martial artist, we find out. Um, she's also pretty good with firearms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm drawing a blank. Tyler, why do I do this? It happens. Karina. On, on Karina, yep. yeah. Karina's the, the tech of the team. And then, uh, is it Rolf? Rolf, yeah. Ralph is how I, he's, they're, you know, overseas. It's, he's the, uh, he's the getaway driver yeah. who apparently can drift in anything. Um, it's an interesting movie. It's the, a lot of the danger that you would normally have in this film, especially for a character we already know, mm-hmm. because it's a prequel is thrown out the window because you know he's going to survive. Right. Because he has to go into the events of Army of the Dead. Um, they're good, really good performances. Uh, it was, the action was there. Uh, there was a lot of time showing him crack the safes. Yeah, there was... <laughs> To me, the that's one of the slower parts of the movie, especially the first safe, where because yeah. I mean there was I think there was two dials on it, and they went painstakingly slow through the cracking mm-hmm. of that part. The other ones were not as bad, but they were still bad, yeah, and just very slow for it to happen. I understand it's what the whole concept of the movie was, but I but yeah, those parts were really really slow. Well, and he does this thing where he'll just he'll put his hand, right, mm-hmm. right up on onto the onto the safe, and it's like he can see inside. Yeah. It's like he has some ability to see the mechanisms. Um, I'm sure it's supposed to be that he's seen the blueprints for these, mm-hmm. so he's because he's been he's, studying them his whole life. So. Right. So he's he's recalling it, but the way that if if you're not if you're casually watching the movie, it looks like he can put his hand on this thing and he can see, see the mechanisms. And, yeah. yeah. And it's it's just, I don't know. I I, don't, I didn't feel like they did enough with the Interpol agents. Yeah, the um, uh, Delacroix. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we find out Brad shot him in the leg. In, in a previous encounter. Sean is flask, um, and somehow he's still wounded from that. Well, it, it, he he says leg, but there's a scene early on where it first gets mentioned, and you first see the flask. And you hear his partner behind mention, you know, that, like someone says to her, I, I hear he got shot. And she goes, in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, so it wasn't the leg. Right. You know, yeah, but so make it sound more cool. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I don't know. Th- this was a this was a. It was a fun watch. I mean, it 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 wasn't boring. You know, like I said, the the parts with the safes, kind of dragged it, dragged mm-hmm. it down a little bit. I gave it three stars on Letterboxd. It's kind of like middle of the road. Yeah. I, I'd watch it again, especially if I was going to watch Army of the Dead. But I wouldn't go out of my way. I mean, it mm. it's a good movie. Right. But it's nothing. I, I feel like it could have been better. 
not one of those rewatchable ones where you just have to go back and rewatch it. Right. So for me, Chris, this is going to shock a lot of people. I gave it four and a half stars on Letterboxd. I really enjoy mm. these National Treasure-esque um, history kind of movies like this. Mm-hmm. And then you, I think the safes were the, the biggest issue for me. And I've talked about it with other movies we've done with prequels of. There's no, like Black Widow, there's no real, oh, are they going to make it kind of thing. Right. We know he's alive. The yeah. thing that was getting me was, well, what happened to Gwendolyn? Why isn't she ever talked about in the movie? Well, she might be talked about in Army of the Dead. And it's to the point where I want to rewatch it again because I want to mm-hmm. see if he mentions any of this stuff because he's already cracked three of the, the safes. And then right. the, the big safe that's in Vegas that he has to crack, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that one, um, yeah. is the final one. And I want to see if there's any mentions to it, which I'm sure there are because Zack Snyder generally knows what he's doing. But yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. The the little zombie scenes and then the talk about the premonitions because in spoiler alert in Army of the Dead, he dies by zombies. Right. And, well, quote unquote, we, d- we don't ever see the death, but we assume. Right. And yeah. I thought that was fun. I The slow scenes for me too were the, the house where everyone's getting to know each other and the drinking games and stuff. I thought that was a little bit of a slow part, but I thought it was funny. We saw him just living a normal bank teller life and mm-hmm. then we see, you know, Gwendolyn coming to the scene. He, how excited he was! He had a view and comment on his YouTube videos, and right. their relationship was a lot of fun to watch. And I just really enjoy. I really enjoyed Matthias Schwagoffer, the actor that plays Dieter, and how mm-hmm. he got his Ludwig Dieter name. And his name's really Sebastian, and that kind of lore. But I really enjoyed the national treasure aspect to it like he when as he was cracking the saves he was telling the story of why mm-hmm. he made the saves the way he did and how he could crack them and i thought it was very cool because when he was real young we saw him cracking a, a normal safe and how he could right. hear things like he could hear down the hallway he hears what's going on all over the world well not really the world but street and stuff like that and i was like mm-hmm. yeah i mean i've got real sensitivity to sounds like that and my wife hates it but because chewing just absolutely gets on my nerves. It's I'm not. It's, yeah. it's it's really weird. It's really neurotic actually, but I really enjoyed this one. I gave it a four and a half on um, Letterboxd, and I again like I'll, I'm with you. I kind of want to watch Army of the Dead again just to kind of follow up on his story. And if uh, Zack Snyder wanted to do another prequel for any of the other characters, I would be all in because yeah, I like the way they did this, and I. If you would have asked me after we watched Army of Thieves, Army of the Dead, if I would have watched wanted to watch a prequel for the Safe Cracker, I would have said no. But now that we watched it, I'm like, yeah, that was great. <laughs> I want more. Yeah, <laughs> we should say too that they end the movie with the scene where he gets recruited. Yep. Uh, by Batista, and I'm not even going to pretend that I, re- I remember. I don't remember his characters. or his partner's yeah. character's name. Um. Because that was directly from the movie they just put into the end of it. Yeah, yeah, they just lifted it out. Um, But now, because of how this one ends, you do really want to know, like, okay, well, what's going on with Gwendolyn? Mm -hmm. Because she's not going to be him. Because he said she was going to, he was going to crack the safe for her. Right. And they were supposed to do it together and all this other stuff. Well, here we are. 
But supposedly she's locked up. Yeah. So will she get out and find out that he's dead? Right. If there. he's dead. Yeah. Because they they got nuked, right? Vegas. I don't mm-hmm. remember. I think it did. So I mean. But he was underground. Yeah, he he could have been in the safe. Yeah. So there's a whole lot that could happen. You know what I mean? Well, it's 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 interesting. I mean, maybe they'll make something else. Maybe they'll do a sequel. Right. Um, I'm kind of like you. I wouldn't have said going in that this was a character I wanted to see a prequel <laughs> built around. But, you know, I it worked. I'm I'm just wondering if they go with another character. You know. Is there one that they would be better served going with? Because you, you kind of get Batista's character's backstory throughout Army mm-hmm. of the Dead. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd have to watch it again to see which character I would want to know the most about. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't remember any of them anymore at this point. Besides no, Batista. that's been, what's it been, like a year, year and a half? Mm-hmm. I think that was 2020, wasn't it? Probably. I don't even yeah. remember. It's time uh, the past two years have been weird. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Um, so next week, we're going to review Sweet Girl, which is also on Netflix, which is, stars Jason Momoa. I'm so excited. Um, so that'll be interesting. It's going to be good. There's been some some uh, some good stuff around that one, though. So We, we both were kind of like, hey, we've heard the name mm-hmm. uh all right on to the news ign this comes from adam bankhurst says jackass forever stunts its way to a domestic weekend box office victory over spider-man no way home uh and then underneath that moonfall placed second with 10.1 million i've heard that movie is hot garbage yeah mm-hmm the the trailers looked good. Yeah, <clears throat> everyone that I've heard that seen it in the reviews are not good. Like they said, yeah. it is one of the worst disaster movies ever made. Oh, wait for streaming. Yeah, yeah. I okay, would not even attempt that one. Jackass Forever has dethroned Spider Man No Way Home at the domestic weekend box office by earning twenty three million in ticket sales during its opening weekend. Uh, as reported by Variety, Jackass Forever, which once again brings together Johnny Knoxville, Steve-O, Wee Man, Chris Pontius, Dave England, Danger Aaron, and Preston Lacey, and sees them undertaking outrageous stunts that no one should try at home, has more than doubled its production budget of $10 million. We're getting more. I'm just going to say it. We are going to get more. I do want to I, I do want to point out, though, while this is, you know, it's always good to be the one that knocks off a major movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they do note here later. <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home, which had won six of the last seven box office weekends, which means it's been out two months now, yeah. people. <laughs> it's still being number one. Yeah. yeah. So it, the fact that something knocked it off, okay. You know, it's... It it's, it's had a nice run. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, good news for Johnny Knoxville. Good news for the Jackass team. And uh, 
I think we uh, we touched on was it was it last week, where you said you think they're just going to transition to mm-hmm. the to the younger guys. And, yeah. Which I'm so, all for. I love the Jackass series. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if they do it. I don't know. The <laughs> the medical issues are piling up for those old. Oh yeah, guys. no, they. You know, Johnny Knoxville got a brain bleed on one of the stunts. Yeah. I mean, and they showed him in the hospital and getting out of the hospital. And like he was, he had to learn how to walk again. Like he was slow to walk and all this other stuff. I mean, he he got injured, and yeah. it's, it's very obvious which one it is in the movie. So, yeah, it was it was rough. From Variety, this comes from Brent Lang. Uh, Russell Crowe joins Spider-Man spinoff Craven the Hunter. Um. It says the Gladiator star has joined the cast of Craven the Hunter in an unspecified role. Aaron Taylor Johnson is starring in the title role as one of Spider-Man's most deadly antagonists. Of course, Aaron Taylor Johnson, the MCU's Quicksilver, mm-hmm. who wasn't quick enough. <laughs> Apparently. Um, <laughs> so, uh, th- this is, it's good for them, I think. It's, it's good for them to get someone of Russell Crowe's Mm-hmm. caliber for the movie um don't know who he's potentially gonna play obviously it's not craven no everyone's saying like no. it might be craven's dad or something like that i'm not very familiar with uh, the spider-man villain craven the hunter i know right you know most things but i don't know <laughs> the you know lore the base. behind them all right um Finally, new Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness trailer dropped, and it's time for all the Easter eggs. Tyler, you got this. Uh, if, if you up. don't want to know anything about, if you're trying to go in blind to Doctor Strange, you might want to skip past this. But there are a lot of things in this trailer. The biggest thing to me is Patrick Stewart's voice. And him rolling up in a chair. All you see is a silhouette, but it is for sure someone rolling up in a wheelchair. And it says, it's time to tell him the truth. And the scene that kind of sets it up looks like the Illuminati from the comics. So the Illuminati's got, you know, like Doctor Strange. uh, Not Doctor Strange. um, Charles Xavier. I think um, Black Black Panther is one of them. I know Tony Stark is. uh, Reed Richards is a part of the Illuminati. So... In the comics, the Illuminati, are, you know, they kind of control, not really controlled things, like they just kind of pull the strings, but the, each one of them also guards an Infinity Stone. Like that is their charge, is to hold them a stone. Uh-huh. So, but that's what it looks like. That's what everyone's saying is it's definitely the Illuminati. Um, so we have that, which is finally getting a tie-in to X-Men. And, I mean, that's a perfect way to do it. And yeah. you can have uh, Wanda's dad who is really magneto in there somehow which a lot of people are saying in one of the scenes she does her hand like magneto does his hand and i'm like Mm. "Mm, okay you know i can see that that's a little bit of a stretch it's just a hand movement but in the teaser trailer we talked about before we started recording i saw i saw a teaser trailer and i could not find it anywhere when i was actually looking for the trailer because i've watched the trailer maybe five six times now and it showed Wanda and Doctor Strange as their what-if zombie forms. And so I thought I was going crazy, thought I was dreaming it, but I Googled it, and it was the teaser trailer is what I watched. 
and you definitely see them and we also see the what it in this trailer as well as the trailer um in no way home we saw the evil dr strange or the dark dr mm-hmm. strange which is also from what if so i mean we've got a lot of what if tire tie-ins here and i cannot wait for this movie like this trailer's got me more excited but now i'm to the point now with like no way home i don't want any more trailers do not show me anything else we know loki's in the sh- movie that we haven't seen right. him or even mentioned so it's it's time for us to to go in blind now we've got what three months till it comes out so there's also um speaking of what if there uh there's an image of the poster mm-hmm. and they claim that you can see captain carter's shield and as you pointed out before the show it could be america america chavez's um yeah. logo i think it's her little jacket logo thing but i mean yeah. either or but if they did that though chris i know you of all people be really excited for that to happen <laughs> yeah 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 now there have been all sorts of rumors about this person or that person being brought in to play this character or that character fans mm-hmm. are wanting fans want chris evans back to make a cameo as johnny storm there's been rumors that uh, I don't know how valid they are that they may, if they need a representation from another universe of Tony Stark, that Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise might be yeah. <laughs> might be brought it. in. Uh, which, if if we see all of the Illuminati from another universe, maybe we get him in a cameo. Right. Um. But who we get is going to be, you know, it it wasn't that long ago. It was probably when this movie was, it might have been around the time this movie was actually filming. Uh, there was a photo that got shared out on social media uh, by Hugh Jackman of mm. he and Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> I don't think he's he's not going to be your Wolverine no. for the MCU, but could he pop up in this? Yeah, I mean he could cameo. I mean if they're, they're going to have Patrick Stewart's uh, Charles Xavier, then yeah, you yeah, can easily have him pop up. And we also don't know how long the multiverse situation is going to last. Uh, we're supposed to get She-Hulk this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we know that the Hulk and Wolverine had their battles Mm -hmm. could we see a little glimpse of something there with him popping up who knows we know mark ruffalo is going to be in that show so it's um i'm I'm curious to see what all happens with this one because anytime you do with the multiverse anything could happen as mm -hmm. as we saw with spider-man no way home anything is on the table anything and everything especially with uh, Disney buying Fox and having all the rights to all their stuff now. Right. I kind of wonder if we'll get, with it being the multiverse, will we get a Lou Ferrigno? Oh, see, I just, I want, appearance. I want all of it. I want every appearance of everybody in one movie, but done well. I mean, they know what they're doing, so. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, as far as releases this week, um, in cinemas, on the 18th, we're going to get Uncharted. So I'm going to wait to watch that. Uh, when 
probably stream. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna watch it. It's just not. It doesn't look that great to me. And yeah. I'll see what reviews say about it. But so far, I'm like, mm, eh. I think the special effects are really good. Yeah. From from what we can see, but uh, yeah, you know, probably probably safer that way on yeah. a streaming service. Speaking of streaming services on Netflix, also on February 18th, one of Tyler's favorites. I know this is at the top of his list. I've seen the, the first Texas one. Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. I've seen the original. The original original mm-hmm. or the one with Jessica B- uh, Was it Jessica Bill? I think it's the original original is what I watched. From the 1970s? Yeah. So, I, I am, I think for, we need to put this on our list because I would have loved to watch this during our... October watch-alongs. Okay. So, because I, it's it's not really scary. It's just one of those thriller, psychotic thrillers. Because I mean, Leatherface is a uh, very demented man that wears the skin of his victims. I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's supposed to be like a sequel. So, because you know why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Well, uh, hey, look, look at it this way: the people he kills, he makes use of most of them. Yeah, he just recycles them. Yeah, they deal. probably eat the meat, and yeah. then he just wears the skin. I mean, it's, he's just doing his part for the environment. <laughs> he's, he's trying to stay warm, too. Right. Yeah, so. uh, you playing any games this week? Anything fun? Anything new? I uh, dipped back into uh, Valhalla a little bit. Uh, but, no, that's basically it this week. I've been playing a little bit more Dying Light 2, chipping away at it before I... Uh, before Rise of Forbidden West comes out this week, mm-hmm. and the week after that's Destiny's expansion, and so I've the next week. So when we record the next episode, I will have played and had a lot of fun with Rise of Forbidden West, and I can't wait to talk about it. I'm not going to finish it. I don't want to rush it, but mm-hmm. uh, Destiny's right. expansion will be coming out that Tuesday, and I won't be playing Rise of Forbidden West a lot. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, notable news this week. Only thing I've got here is Assassin's Creed expansion will reportedly become a standalone game. <clears throat> going to Polygon.com by Nicole Carpenter for this one. Ubisoft is pivoting a planned Assassin's Creed Valhalla expansion into its own standalone game, according to a Bloomberg report. The game is currently being called Rift eternally, and was originally slated as an expansion to 2020's Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's expected to star Basim as an assassin that appeared in Valhalla. <clears throat> Bloomberg reported that the new standalone game, slated for release in late 2022 or 2023, will be smaller than recent games, turning away from the large open world and instead, quote, focusing more on stealth and gameplay. So to me, it sounds like it's going trying to go back to its root. I'm not going to read the um, end of the story because for people who have not beat the game on this podcast, I don't want to spoil anything for it. Um, but I am excited because if they're going back to like the Assassin's Creed roots, which is my biggest issue... With some right. of the games, like you just leave out the assassins, so I'm really mm-hmm. excited about that part, and I can't wait, especially if it comes out this year. I, I like too that it's it's it is standalone, yeah, um, instead of another expansion yeah. on this already lengthy game. Well, we already get the yeah. the next expansion in March. Yeah, that I can't. I'm gonna go right back into Assassin's Creed Valhalla, on, so. <laughs> Uh, Noble new releases this week. Call of Duty Season 2 releases today, February 14th. Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires comes out on everything February 15th. And then, of course, the big one for PlayStation 4 and 5, Horizon Forbidden West, February 18th. And I'm so excited. 
Oh, I can't and wait. He just can't hide it. I know my collector's edition should be coming in soon, and I've seen the box for it. I mean, it's it's a it's a big box, and I was mm-hmm. not expecting that. So, comes in this week, and I'm gonna play it. Um, but guys, that has been the Nerdboy Podcast for this week. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to share on your favorite social media platforms, and forget to rate and review this podcast on your podcasting services. On Twitter, you can follow us at nerd underscore wide. You can follow me personally at Ty underscore Haynes. And you can follow Chris at MathTN7. If you're on Facebook, just search up nerdwide.com and you can follow us and like us there. And every episode is posted there as well. But guys, thank you so much for watching this week's episode. And we cannot wait to talk to you next week And I will, after I have touched Horizon Forbidden West. We will see you guys then. Later, guys. Mm-hmm.